They tell me you're a man with true grit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you asked for it, the fastest podcast on the planet. It's time to drop the hammer. And we've got uh, my sidekick uh, tonight. It's going to be Kelly, the big boss man we always call him here. I'm your host, Shane Davis, former IMCA modified national champion. And I'm no just pa- Kelly. You're just Kelly. I'm just Kelly. That's it. Yep. Hey, we got to come up with something for you, Kelly. We'll get there, man. All right. Someday. All right, someday. brother. We'll find it. Uh, maybe we can get you in Chuck's car one of these nights. Yeah, there we go. All right. And yeah, we have got, very proud to announce that we got Chuck Hanna with us tonight. IMCA late model driver, Chuck. How you doing? Doing perfect. Couldn't uh, be any better. All right. And you mo- notice uh, we got a chair that's empty next to me. It's Pat Moore. Uh, he coaches youth baseball. And with all the rainouts, just like the racetracks, they rescheduled one of his games for Monday night. So he said, I can coach That's my it? son yep. or I can do the podcast. And he's coaching his son. So I said, hey, you're an honorable man. I'm happy for you. Way to go. All right, we got to pay the bills. We're going to do a quick uh, commercial here. Dunright TV and Security Solutions provides local residential and commercial customers with TV Security, internet, and various other services. From equipment to services, they can connect you with a high-quality internet service provider or any one of the many TV providers available. Check them out on their website at www.dunrighttv.com or you can give us a call for appointments and questions at 563-355-7490. All right. Well, hey, Chuck. Let's get rolling, man. A lot of exciting things happening this week. Uh, East Moline Speedway last night. Before we get into talking about Chuck, Tyler Herb up there put on a great show. Two to go. He makes a pass. Gets down in tech, and he's DQ'd. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, without going into details, you know, you, you, you can make a lot of people mad, you know, yep. by saying, you know, what you think is your opinion, you know. But at right. the end of the day, uh, Tyler Earp was there, put some people in the stand. That's right. And and he put on a heck of a show. And and Andy and and uh, Jake racing with him, uh, they did they did a great job. And really, that's what it's all about. You it, know? it really is. You know, whenever a racetrack closes, there you know it's not good for anybody. And you know, you get some of the keyboard warriors that go home and they'll complain about their hot dog didn't taste right or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you know, ultimately, it's hurting racing. And you know, we. We uh, need all the racetracks we can get, so we need East Moline, we need Davenport, Donaldson, Burlington, uh, you know, on down the line. Yeah, you know, again, back to that East Moline thing with Tyler, uh, kudos to Doug Curlis for, for getting him there, you know, I mean, yeah, no I don't kidding. even know how that comes about, but uh, whatever he did, uh, you know, it's it's nice to go out there, you know, and... and we're racing with Tyler Herb. That's right, know? man. That's and, cool. And he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he won. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I like that. Hey, so uh, Denny Osborne drove the number 72 in late model orange car, passed away today. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the family, fans, and friends of uh, Denny Osborne. I remember seeing him run, you know, IMCA late model, open late model, seeing him up at Liberty. Uh, the guy was an independence uh, regular, and we sure, uh, uh, we're going to miss him. Every time we lose a racer, you know, it's going to be tough. But, okay, uh, let's roll the clock back and start talking about uh, you, Chuck. You're a Ford man, and, man, I, you know, I love Fords. 
I got an old 71 Mach 1, but I've had a lot of Ford classic cars. And so you're running Fords out there and you're modified when you started out. What, you know, what made you get into dirt track racing? I mean, were you sitting in the stands and you said, hey, I can do that? Yeah, it, you know, it, it was always, I, I had the need for speed. Yeah. You know, I, I lost my license when I was 20 years old. Wow. Too many speeding tickets, yeah. you know. And uh, uh, I started off racing radio-controlled cars. And then, uh, you know, I started hanging around. I was in the stands uh, for a lot of years. And okay. then a friend of mine, Dennis Dirks. Oh, yeah. He, uh, Ford guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. And that's how it started happening. And, uh, what happened was, uh, I was helping him and then, uh, he had a car that he was getting rid of. Okay. I didn't have a nickel to my name. And he yeah. said, he says, Chuck, he says, I'll tell you what, he says, I'll sell you that car and you make me a monthly payment. Are you kidding me? And, nope. Man. And, uh, so I kept it at his house. I said, Hey, I'm not bringing it home, you know, right. un until it's paid for. So then I got the car home. Okay. Well, I didn't have an engine. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so that was how the Ford thing came about. I wasn't a big Ford guy at that time. I was driving Chevy pickups and he made right. fun of me, you know, but, uh, so then I made payments on the Ford engine. Okay. And, uh, that's kind of how that all got going. And then, uh, Brian Webb come over to my house once I brought the car home and he says, I can't let you go out there with that car looking like that. So, uh, he came along, stripped the car down, okay. put a whole new body on it. Uh, you know, we were still popping rivets by hand. I didn't have a, an air compressor. I, I remember those anything. days. Yeah. yeah. Made a man out of you. It did. Yeah. Hands got tired, but, uh, you know, he, we would like, we started from scratch. I didn't know anything about it. I was there to hold panels and, you know, sure. he's got strings sitting everywhere and, and making parts. And then we would leave my house in Rapid City and drive to Bluegrass to his dad's house. Okay. To use the brake. Yeah. So then, then we'd come and, back. And, and Brian Webb, for the people that don't know it out there, is Gary Webb. Gary's, yep. Yeah. Okay. Gary's son. Yeah. So we'd drive out to Gary's, bend up the piece, and then we'd go back. And if it wasn't absolutely perfect, because Brian's a perfectionist. Oh, my gosh. Then he would scrap it. Yeah. We'd drive back out there, make it, make a piece. So it took us probably seven months. All right. To, to get the body on that car. So now, how old are you at this age, uh, then, when you I, got into it? Uh, when I got into it, what was I? Um about 38 okay yeah now chuck was that a blue car you had then yes okay i remember yep. that car all yep. right it was an old freedom car oh yeah uh, and uh out of the modifieds i had i was i was lucky enough that that one for whatever reason uh had brian's help and uh it was pretty fast yeah you know it was faster than the driver <laughs> yeah you, you remember chuck back in the day those freedom cars if you ran west liberty you had to have a freedom car I mean, they just had those things figured out, and they went around Liberty like you wouldn't believe it. They were fast cars. And, hey, Mike Frieden won the IMCA Super Nationals a couple of times. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, he was a heck of a shoe and built a great car, and they were safe. Jim Willard ran a Frieden car uh, for a while. Yep. And they were a good machine. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty simple car, but it worked. Now, I want to ask you, okay, the Frieden car, when they first come out with those, I mean, the interior literally was formed... As your seat, you're sitting down in aluminum. You could put a pad down there or whatever. Yep. But there wasn't the fancy seats that we got today, Chuck. No, it, there wasn't. But when we redid the, we did the cockpit and everything. So okay. we put a regular seat in. It oh, good. And, and you know, kind of made it. But yeah, it just had a little, 
like an L that you sat in for the seat. And <laughs> there wasn't much to it. Like so. one size fits all. It, yes. Yeah. Yep. So did you uh, have success in that first car? Yes. Um, it, like I said, that was, you know, right off the bat, it was easy for me to drive. Uh, the The first year, uh, we won some heat races. Yeah. Uh, at Davenport, we had full fields every right. night. Oh. You had you had to qualify. You know, there were it's just like now there were thirty or thirty five cars, so it was a big deal to make it. Uh, didn't win any features that first year. Uh, went to Tipton at the very end of that first year, and okay. you know kept my car in pretty good shape. Everything went pretty good. Yeah. And I blew the engine up. Oh. You know, and when I blew the engine up, the car come to a stop on the track and a car didn't see me and just come in and wipe me ah, off. man. <laughs> so that's always your fear when that happens. You're yes, like, oh, it is. man, hang and on. I looked over to my left and I saw him coming down the straightaway. I'm like, man, this isn't gonna be good and it wasn't. It literally popped my ankle out of socket when they were pulling me out of the car. I saw my oh, point in the wrong way and I was like Come on. Oh boy. But now uh, did Dennis Dirks give you a warranty on that motor? <laughs> We talked about those things. It didn't work so well, but uh, De- Dennis was always uh, super good to me. I yeah. mean, no um, kidding. He he, you know, whatever it took, somehow, some way, he wouldn't give you things. Yeah. But he would. He mentored me. Right. Enough to get me going and tell me, you know, he would tell me, "Hey, I suggest that you buy a new carburetor so you don't have problems." Right. I suggest you buy a new transmission so sure. you don't have problems. Sure. You know so. Uh, some of those things, you know, even in today's racing, if people want to get in, it's nice to have a mentor to kind of help you through the things no that you kidding. really need to have so you can get around the track every night and not have to work on it. Yeah, and I remember, you know, I was talking last week, uh, we had Spencer on the show, and uh, I bought a jukebox out in, in fact, Jeff Morris took me over to Martin Dirk's house, you know, and he's mm-hmm. gone now, yep. but uh, bought it over there at Martin's. But you look at the generations of Dirk's that have been racing and back, the time frame you're talking about in the 80s, uh, maybe 90s, there was uh, Dennis running and was uh, Marty Dirks running. Yep. And Al was running those NX Legends. Al yep. was a chiropractor. Yep. But those guys, they, they always ran Ford Motors. Their cars always were spotless. Yep. And, uh, man, they did a good job and put on a good show. Yep. And, Even you know, Spencer. I told you, too, uh, you remind me of John Bull and, you know, some of the other guys uh, – uh, that were out there that, you know, they'd lo- unload their car, it'd be spotless. At the end of the race night, you'd load it up. And, you know, that, you know, it's so important, Doug, not tearing up your car and uh, being a clean driver. So, yeah. uh, you know, I chuck uh, that, uh, you know, you always kept your car in one piece. Yeah, it, yeah. that's, you know, that's the goal is, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but yeah. that the less that you have to repair the car, just get it back on the track, it gives you more time to work on the things that you need to work on to get better. And the way I'm going right now, I need all that time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and, you know, keeping it clean, it's the easiest thing you can do to a race car. I mean, you go, sure. the, you go to the car wash, you wash it, and you make it look nice, you know. Uh, it, at least if I show up, to, I was talking to Tim Marsden yesterday, and I said, you know, it's, I, I was wiping the tires off yeah. one last time. Right. I said, you know, the old saying, if it ain't fast, do you chrome it? Yeah. Well, it's... That's my chrome in it. You know, I keep it clean. So, you know, somebody, if Tyler Herb pulled in, you know, he, he may look at that car and I wonder if I'm going to beat that. At least it's clean and looks Yeah, good. it looks he, nice. He beat me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, uh, we move up a little bit. The uh, Oatmeal Modified. The worst experience you ever had in racing, I'm announcing over at Davenport for Bob Wagner back in the day. 
and you're coming out of turn four and you end up on your lid in that car. I mean, what was going through your mind when you uh, got her upside down? Yeah. Well, what was leading up to that is kind of funny. Uh, that was in 2005. Okay. Uh, we had a really good car. It was one of my, it was my first new M&M car from my country. Okay. And that thing was just fast right out of the box. We won wow. the first two nights we raced with it. Yeah. We went to Davenport one, went to Makokata and one. So when you're not having much luck and things aren't going your way and you get a pretty good car and you're working yeah. good together, well, I wanted to win every heat race there was. I didn't care what it was. Yeah. And there was no reason. I was just coming through the turn and I was going as fast as I could. And I, I did like a, a, a half spin. Yeah. And then I wanted to get right back in the gas so I didn't lose time. Right. Well, when it come back to the left, it popped the left rear off the oh, rim. Geez, that's and that's what news. sent me flipping. Yeah. And then when I was flipping, a car went under me and kind of hit me a little bit as I was in the air. Yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily, uh, you know, it, it was cosmetic damage. But uh, the funny part of that story is, is I'm sitting in the car upside down. Yeah. And you don't practice that. You yeah, know? So, you don't. I mean, you don't want to practice so, that. So what do you do? You know, so I'm sitting in there and I'm, I'm looking and we ran alcohol back then. Yep. And uh, I could see it dripping out of the carburetor. Yeah. You know, so when you, so I'm sitting in the car upside down. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to undo the seat belts. Well, then you fall on your head. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And I saw that, that fuel running out and I started feeling warm. Oh, you know? man. And I could see a little just a little flame so i was you know it's like geez i need to get out of here so i got out of there and i started walking and i was like man my leg's getting hot you know so i thought maybe it was on fire so i i dropped and rolled you know yeah. and <laughs> looking like an idiot so then i i get in the ambulance and we take a look and what had happened is i had hit my knee on the steering shaft okay and it was just red hey you know and got kind of hot no, but, hey. who knew <laughs> yeah yeah you i thought what? i was on fire uh, yeah what the heck <laughs> You know, that was always one of my biggest fears when I raced. I thought, man, if I get this thing over on the lid and you start losing fuel and your roof starts to fill up, you're upside down now, all of a sudden, you know, uh, you got a barbecue grill there yeah. and you're the meat. Yeah. And so that was always my fear. I thought, man, if anything like that happens, we would build our roll cages two or three inches taller than what everybody else is running because I said, I want to be able to get out that window. Yeah. And so that, what was your best racing experience? Oh man! You know, through your whole career, Chuck. There, I'll tell you what. Uh, there, there's a few, but East Moline, my entire life, uh, I've sat up in the stands. I heckled Jeff Morris and oh yeah, and all those people <laughs> for years and years and years. You know, right? And I don't get around that place well. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. You know, I haven't figured it out. But uh, here, 2018, I want to feature up there. Right. And just to be in front of the home crowd in all the years, I was expecting a little more heckling than what I got right. when I was down there in Victory Lane. But that was a pretty big deal to me. You know, it wasn't oh, about the man. money or the biggest money race that you've won. Right. Uh, you know, that was that was pretty special. Uh, you know, my son was there and and uh, Brent, who helps us. Sure. And, uh, you know, we were just, it, it was a good day. It was a you big know, deal. It, it was. And yeah. Jeremiah and, you know, all those guys were there. We had... 19 cars that night and, yeah uh, it, it was it was a it, it was fun yeah you know so now the number 65 where did that come from Chuck well when we raced go-karts yeah I was number 56 because Gary Webb was my Gary hero. Webb was your hero okay I like that so then when his son Brian started racing go-karts he wanted to be number 56 okay and 
So the guy I raced go-karts for, uh, he had, we had fives and sixes, so we just reversed them and we came, became 65. All right. So uh, let's go on here. Uh, favorite racetrack? You've run a lot of tracks. Davenport's my favorite. Uh, yeah. Always has been. Uh, just the atmosphere. I, uh, I agree. Even afterwards, you know, it's just a good time. Uh, we actually bought a motorhome so that we could just stay there uh, yeah. the, the entire night and go home in the morning. Okay. Uh, you know, my wife, my daughter, Olivia, uh, you know, they go with us. We take the dog. I mean, yeah. it's a family affair. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the things I like about race. You know, when you look around a lot of the uh, families, I mean, literally, it is mom, dad, you know, grandma, grandpa. You got the kids there. You're just having a good time. And, you know, I remember the time when women weren't allowed in the pit area. And, you know, we've made it to a point now where you can bring your kids in, bring your animals in, and just have a good time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's times have changed. I think it's for the better. I can remember when you'd go in the pits and you had to wear white pants. Yeah. You, you know? I kind of like those. Yeah. And if yep. you went to the disco that night, you keep them on and go to the disco, <laughs> right, Chad? That is really showing age, the disco. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, things have changed for the better in that, you know. They really they, have. That way, uh, you know, just being a family affair and, uh, you know, it's better for my wife to be in the pits now because she'd go in the stands and have a good old time. And then I, yeah. she'd come down and I'm crabby because I didn't do well. And, yeah. you know, so now she gets to see it the whole time. And we know? got a picture of you up there right now. Yeah. How do you I, like that? Yeah. That's good looking couple. My lovely bride. Right. Abigail Hannah. Yeah. Now, Chuck, where'd all the hair go? Well, the helmet. I'm, I'm 5'11", and my hair was only made to, I was only supposed to be 5'10". Yeah. So it's like an inch under my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, man, I like that. Now that, they see that picture? Yeah. Okay. That picture, that picture was East Moline. That was East um, Moline. It's my son Chase on the right, and then Brent. Man, he's uh, getting big. Yeah. Uh, Brent on the other side. Uh, okay. Long lost uh, family member as well. Uh, he he helps out quite a bit. Uh, Chase, you know, we we kind of go back and forth. It's just like anybody. He's raced with me pretty right. much ever since I started racing. So, oh, man, that's uh, awesome. We're pretty hard on each other, but, yeah. uh, it, you know, he's at every single race, and Brent comes over to the house, helps, uh, integral part of, you know, making the team go, and uh, that, that was a fun night. Like I said, that was, it's funny that picture's up there because yeah. it meant a lot to us. Yeah, great. So do you have somebody that you admire in racing that, that, you know, you talked about, you know, mentorship. Is there somebody who has uh, really helped you out over the years? You know, um, I just had good people uh, surrounding me and, and knowing people. Uh, you know, they were always willing to help, and there wasn't, like, just one person that would do that. You know, I had Brian Webb right at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, all those years that he helped his dad. And, uh, you know, he brought some knowledge to the program sure you know, right away. Yeah. And then once once we got rolling, he's like, I'm out of here. You know, he, he was racing with his dad, you sure. know, so it kind of took up all his time. Uh, you know, then as time went on, you know, like I said, Dennis Sturks, he told me what to buy, what not to buy. You know, don't waste right. your money on this. Hey, I tried this. It didn't work, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then learning uh, what parts you need and stuff that, you know, just through buying used parts from people and knowing the people to buy from because you don't just want to buy from anybody. Right. You know, if you know them or know of them, uh, generally, you know, that's the way to go. And then it just continues on, you know, Mike Humphrey, yeah. you know, he helped us for a hundred years, it seemed like. 
Look at that. <laughs> there we go. The Gary Webb crew. The Gary Webb crew. That was out at the Zare building in Milan. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, that's Dan Hoffman. Uh, I know Dan. My buddy Brett. Uh, yeah. He was just back in town here about a month ago. We went race radio control cars together. Okay. Uh, had a good time. All right. But, uh, yeah, those were, I believe, the first Gary Webb shirts uh, that, that came about. And Dan had put that program together. You know, Dan helped me uh, when I first started racing as well with yeah. Brian and Gary Pease and, and a couple other guys. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was a few years ago. Yeah. See, I was only like 5'9", then, so I had plenty right. of hair. So, man, we looked at the back in the uh, day. I remember it was like 1979, Keith Kanak from IMCA come around to different racetracks, and he had the original IMCA uh, modified. And so Keith had said, uh, uh, you know, hey, this is a new class. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, I looked at those cars, and I remember he was handing out flyers, and it said, you could go racing for under $1,000. And I thought, this thing ain't, you know, it's never going to last. And here we are all these years later now. IMCA is the biggest sanctioning body out there, you know, when it comes down to registered drivers and all that. Mm -hmm. And we've just seen it, uh, you know, explode. We had the IMCA modifieds. We ended up with the uh, late models. And then when the sport mods came out, you know, I'm at the uh, Super Nationals up in Boone, Iowa, and uh, I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. It gives the IMCA guys a place to sell their uh, uh, their used equipment. And man, the next thing I know, I think they probably had 40, 60 cars up there the first year they ran them. And I'm gonna say, you know, they probably have uh, 300 uh, IMCA mods and uh, boy, not many less in the IMCA sport mods. Mm -hmm. And so man, you go up there to the Super Nationals, you get to see the IMCA late models like you run, Chuck. Yep. Uh, you get to see the mods that you grew up on and, you know, a lot of great racing. But IMCA, I think, having a regular set of rules, uh, you know, they've got those guardrails that you got to stay inside of. Yes. Uh, you know, as far as rules go, it's probably been, you know, the best thing that happened to racing. And then now, crate motors and late models. I mean, when, when I looked at late models last year with the 604 crates and the uh, spec engine, I felt, and it's just me, so don't call me up or send me an email. <laughs> I thought that the spec motor had a little bit of an advantage. Mm -hmm. But this year, this, the crate motor seemed to be, you know, Andy Nesworski's picked off a couple of feature wins. He's running the crate. Is that yep. right, Chuck? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you're running what in those now uh, as far as fuel and carburetor? Uh, E85. E85. Uh, Andy and I are both on E85. Uh, we try to do things that are financially the best for us. Right. Uh, you know, methanol makes a little bit more power, a little bit more torque. Okay. But it's not enough to, to win you the race. All right. Um, your, the car that goes around the track the best is going to win the race. I don't care if you have a spec engine or a crate engine, and I'm not a proponent of either. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I'm a proponent of both, I should say. You are, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I sold my spec engine. As a matter of fact, that is the car... Uh, that Tyler Herb was driving had my spec engine. Had your from, spec engine? Yeah, from oh last my gosh. year. That's so, pretty awesome. The number ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it. I ran it last year. You know, I mean, uh, I put the crate in this year, and sitting in the car, you can't tell the difference. You, you really can tell can. the difference in sound, but you know, horsepower wise, torque wise, uh, to me, it's the exact same engine. It, yeah, that's it, great. Yeah. I can I, tell you, the fans up in the stands or me sitting down there in the infield, uh, you know, announcing, they all sound the same to me. When you're on the gas and ripping down the straightaway, you know, I couldn't tell you what was a spec motor and what was a crate motor. Yep. 
No, I, I agree. You're going as fast as you can. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, that's what everybody, each racer is doing every time. It really doesn't matter what engine's in there. You know, you're going sure. as fast as you can. So now when IMCA, when the old Deary series got sold to the Kosiski brothers, and, you know, they've got the Malvern Bank West series and then Hoker Trucking East series, have you run in those shows, Chuck? I've run a few. Okay. Um, I, last year. I haven't run any yet this year. You know, with the crate engine, uh, you're at a bit of a disadvantage okay. uh, going to those shows. But it's not to say, you know, if it comes to Coconut or Davenport, I'll probably give it a whirl. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we got to get the car going a little bit better. We, uh, It's just not been consistent. It's been fast and it's been slow. So uh, we need to work on that a little bit. But I still think that crate on a given condition uh, at a Hooper East series would, would get the job done. You're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, hey, track slicks off, you know, uh, you're probably going to be better off. I remember uh, back in the day, my brother uh, Sam uh, had bought a car from uh, Doug Lent, him and Randy Anderson, and they had they had like a 408 in that thing, and, you know, they blew it apart, so they didn't have a motor, and they had the governor's cup coming up. So I had an old 358 uh, down underneath the bench. It had a lot of laps on it, and I said, man, you're welcome to use that thing, Shane, or Sam. And he gets out there, track slicked off, started 24th, Drove that thing up and got second. And I thought, okay, my brother has learned something now that you don't need all that horsepower. And so what's he say? If I had my 408, I could have won the feature. So I got to get that thing rebuilt this week. But, you know, the great equalizer is, you know, when that track slicks off, Chuck, that yeah. 604 crate will probably get her done mm -hmm. and be easier to drive. Yep, for sure. It's funny uh, you mentioned that uh, back when I was racing modifieds in those beginning years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of going back to the power, you know, horsepower thing. Uh, I had uh, four, uh, 396s at that time, 396 Ford, and uh, I had blown in. I blew my anyway. I blew an engine up, didn't have any money, and uh, Dennis Dirks come to the rescue again. He said, "Hey, I found a guy that has an engine for 500 bucks." Okay. And I was like, "Man, I'm scraping to get that 500 bucks, right?" right? Yeah. So. I got the 500 bucks and uh, I bought it from Brian Gotti. Okay. Really? So, okay. So I showed up at his place, never met Brian before, and he said, just Mr. the nicest Ford. guy. Just the nicest the guy, guy in the world. And he says, he says, I'll sell you this engine, 500 bucks. And he says, I'll tell you what. He says, when you're done with it, if you want to bring it back, I'll give you your 500 bucks back. Really? Yeah. Man, you and, can't beat that. And uh, that was my introduction to Brian. So from there, uh, you know, long-standing relationship with him and engines and racing and yeah. uh, just being a personal friend you know but uh, just a great guy th that guy has helped more people than than anybody else that i know all put together i mean he's just a, a giving type of person so yeah. uh i i need to thank brian uh i wouldn't be here today with, without him you know having some engine issues and stuff and always getting me back to the track so wow thanks brian so now the imca super nationals uh have you ever run up there? I have not. Chuck, um, you got to go. I know. You know, it's just, uh, it's an experience. Sam and I, for years, I'm going to say from the first uh, IMCA Super Nationals, uh, they were in Benton, Iowa, and I think we went to Independence year two. That Back then, they used to move around. We ran West Liberty maybe year three. One year, we were up at uh, Knoxville, Iowa. We were at Mason City, Iowa. And then finally, the permanent home, I believe, in 1988 became Boone Speedway. Yeah. But the whole experience, I mean, they start out on Monday, they go all week long, wrap it up on Saturday night, 
and the fans, the cars. I mean, where can you see 800 cars racing, you know, in a week? Yeah, nowhere. You know, you just can't. Yeah. You got to get up there and try it out, Chad. Yeah. No, I hear you. I did go up there for a night, one night to watch, okay. uh, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a good experience for the night, but I didn't get the full experience because they just seemed to have a really good time there. But it was. It, it's pretty amazing. You watch on TV and how they do the track prep every, you know, four races or whatever it is, or yeah. ten races, I think it is. Uh, but it, it's neat that they go out and tear the track completely Burn that up. thing up. Yeah, from top to bottom. Yeah. You know, just like you would do on a weekly show once a week. They do it in between races. Right. You know. It, it's just amazing. Yeah. Everybody's got to see it once, and I think every track promoter should have to go out there and see how they do it out there once. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yep. Hey, so uh, tell me about something that no one knows about Chuck Hanna. The fans are out there. They see the 65. They see their late model hero out there on the racetrack. But what's something people wouldn't know about you? Uh, do you have a hobby? Do you have, you know, like uh, Justin Kai is a farmer? I mean, is there something that people wouldn't know about Chuck Hanna? Man, or do I'm... we need to say that when we go off the air? <laughs> right, no. That. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> just an open book. You know, I'm pretty much an open book. You are. Uh, you know, if, if you're a friend of mine or, you know, you know of me, you probably know everything that there is to know about me. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't have this, you know, there's racing is my passion. My family is my passion. Yeah. And, uh, you know. What there is behind the scenes, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a gun collector or anything. I yeah. Just, you know, it, not a lot of exciting things. You know. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I wish I could give you a good answer on that, but. Uh, you talked about radio controlled cars. You know, the funny thing is, like in the winter months, we got nothing going on. So, you know, Pat Moore, he ran on the World Outlaw Circuit for a couple of years back in the '80s, and their family was big into racing. And then, you know, mom and dad are gone now, so uh, that world changed a little bit. But. Uh, uh, all of these old racers, Jeff Morris is done with us. So you got to come do it once too. We build all these wooden dirt tracks, and what we did was we took a East Moline Speedway 132nd scale version. We built a quarter mile track, five lanes, six lanes. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And, we, and we were averaging 34 people a night out at Thunder Road Hobbies racing those things. Uh, you know, in the winter months. Yeah. So, and you talked about radio control, Chuck. Mm -hmm. That that was kind of how my racing career started out. Yeah. Uh, you know. Back in the early 80s, uh, there weren't any jobs around, you know, and it was a, a fairly reasonable way to race something. And then uh, we ended up racing that nationally. Uh, we'd drive all over the place. Uh, we'd drive to Chicago every weekend to race against those guys because they were the guys when we went to a national meet that were the guys to beat, you know. Yeah. So we'd go up there and race with them. And that picture that you had earlier with Brett and Dan and myself, uh, right. Gary Webb shirts on, those two guys, we went racing all the time. Oh, that's crazy. So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we used to run to Dan uh, down at Sunset Marina. Sam and I had boat stock down there, and Dan had a wave runner out there. He'd be ripping around on it. Yep. So, you know, it's all about having a good time. Yep. Yeah, actually, uh, Dan and I both had wave runners at that time, and uh, I'm surprised I never saw you down there because we'd generally meet up and then go, oh, yeah. to, go to Buffalo Beach and do our thing and then go back. I got to tell you, you know, I talked to you about earlier, Chuck, uh, your favorite car you, that you had modified was when you had that black car with white lettering on it. And there was something about it. It was just simple. The lettering was easy to read. And I'll tell you, uh, that kind of segues into sponsors. I mean, you got some great sponsors on your car. Yep. Uh, one of them being Scotty uh, 
Rail, rail concrete construction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott is, uh, he's been with me for a long time. Yeah. And uh, he, he's, he's just a guy that wants to help. And That's it. I, I couldn't put it any differently. You know, uh, I had a, a few people talk about me to him right. uh, that wasn't planned, you know, and then uh, we got together and he said, he said, uh, he says, Chuck, as long as you're racing, I'll help you out. Oh my God. And he stuck to that, uh, you know, great guy, uh, fun to be around, you know, and we run into each other at some of the specials when we're watching. Right. Uh, you know, we'll ride our golf carts around and yeah. you know, camp <laughs> and, and drink some beers and all that good stuff. But yeah, him, him and Ron, uh, just, they're the best. I, I probably would, couldn't do it without them, sure. you know, just through all the years of when the timing was right and, yeah. uh, you know, when you need a little bit of help. So. Uh, you know, we need race guy. fans like him, too, because I'm going to tell you, every special we run over there at Davenport Speedway, he'll be, he's got his campsite down there. It's one of the first sites that would be right in turn uh, one on the half mile. And if you go there, he'll be out there grilling brats, burgers, T-bones. I mean, you never know what he's got on that grill. But, Kelly, if you walked in there, he'd say, hey, you know, do you want well or medium well or how do you want your steak? Awesome. Yeah, that's the kind of sponsor to have. Yeah, heck yeah. So, in you probably do that too, Kelly. Grill steaks for everybody. Absolutely. You sponsor. Yep, yep. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's just a giving person. You know, I mean, I, I see his name on a lot of a cars. A lot of cars. Yeah. You know, and and uh, it, it's great. We need people like him. You know. So that, besides that, Hale Printing's been with you a lot of years. Hale, uh, Jack, and yeah. uh, Jake. I used to race with Jack. I okay. raced go karts with Jack, and Jake is his son, All right. and then his mother's Lisa. But. Uh, yeah, they've been with me since 2002 or 2003. All right. Uh, again, you know, uh, great people. Right. And I'm glad to be associated with the sponsors that I have because they're all quality, good people. Um, just been around forever. And, okay. You know, we. It, it isn't like you have to go in asking. It's just like a working relationship of that sponsorship. So uh, they're, they're great to have. Oh, boy. Here, Timbo Gould, he's down in uh, South Carolina. He just said, uh, if Chuck wants to race slot cars, I'll build him a body that will look just like his late model. So, hey, you decide to come out, you got a free body. I like well, that. Looks like I need to come racing. So That's you right. You have to build the chassis, right? <laughs> I'll build the chassis. Why not? <laughs> I want one of those womp cars. Uh, you can have them. Uh, I got, you know, that's, that's another funny story, but they quit making those things, and they're like gold. And so we found some over in Europe and a few in Germany. We bought them. And then, you know, if anybody wanted one of them womp cars, man, you got some good money out of that thing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, uh, somebody had also asked, uh, hmm, let's see here. Be sure you mention the brownies. What's that about? Oh, Marsha and Louie. Yeah, Marsha. Uh, they are uh, Matt Ryan fans. Oh, okay. And uh, but they bring brownies to the races every Friday night. Are you kidding me? No. And oh it's, man, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, super nice people. You know, just again surrounded by great people. And uh, even though they're Matt Ryan friend or you know fans, yeah, they'll stop by you know my place if I don't walk down the mats. You know, here lately the last couple of weeks they brought brownies down to me sure. before they leave. You know, but uh, again just. Good people. More good people. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, they're just race fans, yeah. you know, uh, and they're there to, you know, for Matt and uh, they just, they live and breathe it, you yeah. know, so it, it, it's it's neat. It's good to have people like that around. 
So now uh, technology's changed over the years. I mean, back when I was racing, we were running oil-filled shocks, and you know, you pay you know I don't know sixty, seventy bucks for a shock and throw it on your car. And now we got you know the the, the fifteen hundred dollars street stock shock package or the five thousand dollar late model or or even north of that. How have you adapted to all that, Chuck? Yeah, you know, uh, when the late when the late models went to the double adjustable, I was a little leery. Okay, um, you know, again more just from the standpoint of not knowing anything about them all right now after racing on those for the last what five six seven years eight years whatever it is uh it, it's it's actually in a, a financial advantage okay. because in the modifieds if they want to change their valving on their shock they have okay. to bolt another shock on right you know with the late models we can just click a couple you know turn the, the clicker a couple clicks and it will change the shot completely, yeah. you know, so I can control how fast it comes in or how slow it comes out uh, so that, you know, I literally I paid uh, $2,200 for my oh, six shots in. Okay. And uh, I've run those for three and a half, four years. And, uh, you know, I know some of the modifieds now, you know, they have a trailer full of shocks that are, you know, I don't know what they did, maybe six, seven hundred bucks. I don't know, maybe eight hundred bucks each. But they have to have multiple ones to adjust the track conditions. So, uh, you know, the technology with the shocks and the late model, you count on the people who uh, basically dyno them for you, rebuild them. And who do you have doing yours, John? Uh, I have Scotty Fitzpatrick. Okay, all right. Out of Waterloo, right? Uh, does mine. I've had Andy Eckridge do them. I've had Tyson Gear do them. You know, uh, it's just kind of funny how things move around and right. uh, you know. Uh, you can you can spend, you know, I don't know. I bought three new shocks this year, and on the average, they were a thousand dollars. Okay. Did it make me any faster? It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so. you hope so. Right. It, right. It, you know, but you always want to upgrade part of your program. You sure. know, uh, throughout the years, you know, uh, if you continually upgrade stuff, then you'll get to a you know a point for myself where I can get a new car again because sure. all the components that I have are newer. You know, so I can swap those over and all that. Now, Chuck, the car you got right now, you say it's three years old. You bought it in 2018. Yep. And what kind of car is that? Uh, that's a, a, at that time, it was called a Geared Up Master Build. Oh, Master's I remember build. those, yeah. Yep. Tyson uh, Gear was. Yep. Yep. Tyson was working. Waving the magic wand on those. Yeah. 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 And it okay. was it was magic. Oh. Uh, we came out with that car, and we won uh, eight features in 2018. And that's crazy. And we, we won at Davenport, East Moline, uh, Donaldson. Almost won one in uh, Makokota. Kai passed us on the last lap. But, yeah. uh, you know, that was probably the best season of my career. And, you know, again, all to do with those guys up north, you know, yeah. Justin and all the feedback that he had for the teams and stuff. And uh, they just gave you a base setup. And I would ask Tyson, I'd be like, well, what do I need to do at Davenport, you know? He said, right. base. Base. <laughs> what do I need to do at Makokota? Base. Yeah. So I finally quit asking him, and you know what? You know, they gave you what you needed to, right. to get close, and then it was kind of up to you to adjust what little bit you need to do from there. But, uh, you know, that was definitely uh, a good move uh, yeah. for our team, you know, to, to go to that car. That was what was winning a sure. lot of the races. 2015 was the first year they came out, so 15, 16, 17. You know, they, they pretty much dominated. You know, Justin was oh, unbeatable. Well, yeah, he was, uh, you know, there was a couple of them. Uh, 
uh, you know, Ray Gus Jr. won three IMCA national championships, uh, you know, when he was driving for Kenny, and Justin Kai won three in a yeah. row IMCA national championships, and they were the only two to do it. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, anytime it seems like Tyson gets up in that camp up north, they're going pretty, they go pretty good, and he's back there yeah. again this year. And there, I, there You can see they got her tuned up, and yeah. it's going. I just watched the replay at Dubuque last night, and right. I was like, holy cow, they're yeah. back. They're back. <laughs> Dang it. So, Chuck, uh, some people feel you got to buy a new car every year. How many years do you think you get out of a late model before you you buy another uh, new late model and upgrade? Yeah, you know, there's there's not really a year number. Okay. You know, it's kind of how many nights do you race? You know, for instance, uh, Nesworski will rate, race 50 or 60 nights a year. Okay. I'll race 25. All right. You know, so it's going to last me longer uh, usually than, say, somebody like him or Matt Ryan, right. you know, that are racing quite a bit. But really, uh, an important lesson that I learned is if you have something good, yeah, you keep racing it until right. it's not fast. Now, Chuck, how many times, you know, I had a friend, uh, Jeff Morris, if you're out there listening. The Red Rocket? The Red Rocket. You know, he'd want to buy a new car. And I said, man, you got that thing rolling so good. You picked off 26 wins this year. And, it, and seemingly, it would take him half the season to get that thing figured out. And I'm like, just keep the one that's working. And then when, you know, things starts getting a little soft and a little tweaked, then it's time to get a new car. But uh, uh, hang on to them as long as you can. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm also on the flip side of that. If you have a car and you're not going fast, get rid of it. Yeah. You know, if even if you bought it new, you bought it used, whatever that may be, I feel like I wasted too many years sometimes, you know, trying to chase a car. Yeah. And, and they'll all work, but, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, especially in today's time you can buy technology and yeah. it makes it a little bit easier but uh you know again you know something to look for on a car you know when you're racing it and is it time to get rid of it you know are the welds starting to crack or, sure you know is it getting fatigued you know is it right. um you know but again it, performance wise if it's still performing you keep welding it back up yeah. you know heck yeah but, you know so chuck uh the late model fields at some tracks are getting soft and what do we do to get some of those late model fields back up to, you know, say uh, 24, they have a Davenport on a Friday night. Uh, you go to some tracks, they got a dozen, they got 15. When I look out there at used cars, you know, without a motor, I mean, you're talking about, you know, you can pick them up for, you know, 6,000, 10,000, uh, you know, put a crate motor in it and be racing for under 20,000. Mm -hmm. What What's the deal right now? Because... When I look at our fields of IMCA modifieds, we've got, uh, you know, we'll have 30 IMCA mods, we'll have 33 sport mods. Why, is, you know, it, it used to be that the goal was to eventually get an IMCA late model. I mean, has that changed or what's going on? I don't know the perfect answer to that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, just in my opinion, uh, you know, there's always been a persona that late models are complicated. Okay. And they're, you know, hard to take care of. And, yeah. and there's just so much technology and the shocks are $7,000. And, right. um, you know, some of those things, you know, it, it's, it's hard to get people to understand that it's truly not that way. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've, through the years of racing and trying to recruit people into the late models, I try to share with them what the actual car costs are. Uh, but it's funny, you know, if I get on Facebook and I share it, you have people like, oh, no, that's not the way it is, blah, yeah, blah, blah. I know. Uh, it is the way it is. It you is. You know, there's, today, 
there's no cheaper car used car you can buy than a used late model. Um, and the payoff. The pay yeah. is, is the best pay, uh, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it's not it's not all about the money, but it certainly helps pay because if, if you race for that night and you can pay for your fuel, your pit pass, and maybe go out to eat afterwards and uh, those things, I consider that a win. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in the late model, you finish in top five, you can probably do that and buy a tire yeah. each night. Yeah. You know, if you race Friday, Saturday, Sunday and do that, you bought yourself three new tires. Okay. Um, you know, it's just, it, you know, talking about the shocks, we were talking about that. Uh, you know, I spent 2200 You can spend less, and it doesn't make them any more or, you know, any better or worse. Right. It's just, um, you know, again, I just feel like the perception of, you know, how complicated it is, is what scares people away because now financially it doesn't matter which one you buy. Right. You know, if you buy a new modified, you buy a new late model, they're the same money. Right. Now the used market, in my opinion, you know, you see, I see street stocks going for more than, I know. So than, is it crazy? Yeah. You know, yeah. you see a street stock out there for 35,000 and we talked about this and you know, IMCA stock car racing is the best racing there is out there. You know, and I'm a modified guy. I won a yeah. national championship. I love mods, and that's just who I am. But, boy, when I watch those IMCA stock cars run at Independence or Marshalltown or up at Boone, them guys put on a show, and they're not out there beating and banging and tearing their stuff up. It's, uh, yeah. you know, a heck of a show. Yeah. It, some of the best racing you'll see is definitely those. You know, if they have a World Outlaw show or something, and they have those, I'll, I'll definitely watch them. You know, um, you know, but back to the late model uh, hey Chuck. Yeah. Hold on. Abby's your wife, right? Correct. You're telling how much money you have in this racing thing, Chuck. <laughs> so she thought it was, you know, under ten thousand yeah. you spent. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just talking about other people. Okay. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mine was uh, only five hundred bucks. Right. That was cheap car. <laughs> you know. But, and, but uh, you know, I'm a proponent. Uh, I've raced modifieds. Uh, Enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, when I when I raced them, I watched modifies. I didn't didn't watch late models. Right. Uh, race late models now. I really enjoy it. I want the class to grow. I feel like the class has grown a little bit this year. It has. Um, and I think the six hundred four crate was part of that. Six hundred four crate, love them or hate them, uh, it's part of it. You know, because a guy can come from modifieds, hold it in a late model, and yeah. and you're you're capable of winning. You know, I got to tell you a story. This is Jeff Morris. Uh, you know, and I were talking. This we're going to roll the clock back. You know, a couple of years. It's probably you know four or five years ago, and he was running uh, open motors and getting them from one of the local shops. And I remember Jeff telling me that his uh, engine bill at the end of the year was like thirty two, thirty four thousand dollars. You know, mm -hmm. he popped a few and go out and buy another twelve thousand dollar motor, put it in. So he thought, heck, I'm going to try these crates. And uh, uh, you know, he put seven thousand dollars on his credit card. The things on his doorstep the next day. You know, he went out and bought the crate carb, crate distributor, and all that stuff. Yeah. But he said, I really didn't look at that as, you know, a startup cost because I was going to have to have it. Mm -hmm. But uh, he got like, you know, 30-some nights out of that crate motor that season and didn't, you know, and then went into the next season and raced it another 25, 30 nights, and they yanked it out. They sold it to, uh, you know, another racer mm -hmm. and then bought another brand-new crate. So he said... All of a sudden, I looked at my motor costs, and they went from thirty-four thousand a year to seven thousand, mm -hmm. and and that's huge. Yeah. And even though he's got money and owns a company, and 
and you know was probably one of the guys that could afford the 34 sure. it's still huge when you only got to spend seven and then from uh you know perspective of hey if i don't have to change motors all the time i can focus on the chassis so yeah it really has uh cut the cost down if you want to go late model pop that thing out get a used late model pop it in and you're going racing it doesn't get any simpler yeah it doesn't you know the the maintenance on the car, you know, some people were talking about maintenance on a late model. Yeah. Um, I have five grease zerks on the whole car. That's it. That's it. Oh my God. You know, the Himes are Teflon Himes. Yeah. You know, you throw them in a bucket of soapy water, uh, <laughs> you know, once a month and, and that's all it takes. I mean, uh, I can literally get the car ready, uh, especially this year without siping uh, tires. They don't allow that anymore. So, okay. which I think is a great rule. I can get that car ready, uh, start to finish after it's washed in about four hours. So we got another question on there from Ryan Erickson, and he's saying, "Ask Chuck where the horse bit him." <laughs> What's that story about? Well, he's a, he's another one of my sponsors. Quad uh, <laughs> City Guns and Ammo. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, I want to thank Ashley Erickson for uh, sponsoring me for Quad City Guns and Ammo, but right. Uh, I, him and the horse. You yeah. Know, it's just, yeah it's just, That's just another story. Huh? It's just a story. Okay. So you're not going to get the, what you need out of that, Ryan. But thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ashley, for, uh, for sponsoring me. Uh, now, we also got somebody saying that that camera added 20 pounds to his head. He must be talking about our camera, huh? uh, right? I'm not sure. I think it makes me feel 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. I'm actually 185, but the camera adds weight, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, my me no- too. My noggin's not little, so yeah. yeah, whatever it is, it is. Okay. Kind of going down through the questions here. We got a lot of them tonight, but uh, that's great. Got a lot of viewers. Things are going good. So hey, if you could change one thing in racing uh, today, Chuck, uh, what would you do? What would you change? Is there uh, something you don't like about what a promoter does or a track? No, you know, the what the promoters do uh, is up to them. And yeah. then it's up to you as a racer if you want right. to participate in it or not. Uh, I wish I could take the cost out of racing, you know, right. how expensive everything is so that more people could do it. You know, right. I mean, at the end of the day, today, uh, it isn't like yesteryear where you could go to the junkyard and pick up parts and right. you know uh, you, you made your own car you you know the ingenuity that you put into it was the advantage that you had and now uh, there's not very many people that built their own cars right. you know You're so right. um, it just costs more money naturally uh, I guess the good news is is uh, usually you're pretty competitive you know okay. if you you buy a good car and with it comes some of that technology but uh, you know, on the flip side of that, it costs money. Costs and, money, and that's that's the unfortunate part. You know, it's just like everything else; it's gone up. You know, it's not just racing, but uh, I, I wish more people could afford it because I'm sure there's people out there that uh, would love to race and just you know can't put the finances together to do it. You know, you said it perfect, Chuck. I remember uh, you know as a kid, my dad raced, and I remember sitting out in the grandstands and you know looking out there and saying, "Man, I can do that." And I went out and bought an old Dodge uh, pickup truck and an old rickety trailer. And built me a street stock. And we were out there racing. And, uh, you know, I was a blue-collar guy. wasn't making a lot of money, and we could do that. And, you know, we need to do whatever we can do to kind of, uh, you know, cut the cost of racing back a little bit. You were talking a little while ago about, you know, there's some street stocks out there that cost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, when I look out on the Internet at uh, used, 
IMCA stock cars, IMCA hobby stocks, that's still, you know, a reasonable class, uh, four-cylinder cars. Uh, yeah, there's some high dollars out there, but you can still get one reasonable on the yep. internet and get out there and make a few laps and see if it's something you like. Yep. Yeah, for sure. There's there's classes that you can start in, you know, if you have that, that bug and you want to go racing, you know, the, the four-cylinders, uh, they seem to have uh, a lot of energy and, and uh, have a good time out there, but, uh, you know, what, whatever it is that they can get into, it doesn't have to be, you know, modifieds or late models or whatever it is. You know, if you want to get into racing, try to race within your budget and then continue to move up as, you know, money becomes available. Yeah. That's you know, and I tell people out there that uh, get out and support your local racetracks. Get out, you know, there's, it's one thing to watch uh, Dunright TV. You know, on Dunright TV, you can get on uh, YouTube, you can get on Facebook, uh, you can buy a month's worth of uh, shows for 40 bucks. Uh, you know, that's economical, and if you got, you know, grandma that can't get around real well, and she still wants to watch your grandson race, you know, we love you to, uh, you know, buy the program. And if, uh, uh, you know, and if you want to be there in person, there's absolutely nothing like being at that racetrack in person. When you talk about taking the motorhome up there and spend the night, I mean, my gosh, we got a race coming up uh, this uh, fall, August, uh, I believe it's 26, 27, 28th, we're going to have the World Outlaws in Davenport. And uh, all the campsites are about sold out there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a live band there uh, a couple of nights. And now since Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds, I got to tell you, Sean Loader has been a, uh, you know, a godsend uh, to Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds with, uh, you know, all the renovations he's done, the car, you know, the, the property is very well maintained. And some of the surprises we got yet this year that uh, we haven't told the drivers about They've got that new entrance they're building over there at the yeah. east end of the racetrack. Well, when they get done with that, we're going to have uh, speakers in the pit area. So you'll be able to hear me announcing. Up, uh, you know, you're saying, hey, who's leading? You're down there working on your car. You'll be able to hear what everybody out in the grandstands hears. And that's just, uh, you know, another upgrade for Davenport. Yeah. I, you couldn't have a better team than Sean uh, with the guys promoting there. Uh, they get along. Uh, you know, Sean... I don't know him real well, but I know he's worked his entire life pretty much at the fairgrounds and right. uh, got the well-deserved position. And, uh, you know, all the upgrades that he did, uh, has done, and continues to do is, you know, it, it keeps it looking like a first-class facility. And, you know, hopefully they, you know, he enjoys racing, uh, you know, which is very important, you know, because yeah. if you get somebody running the fairgrounds and they're not really into racing, it isn't a priority, you know. Right. Uh, he gives us a nice facility to race at, and in my opinion, first class all the way around. So, yeah. Uh, and again, with the Kais taking care of that, uh, it couldn't have been a better a better situation. You know, Ricky likes to get out there and play in the dirt and do his farmer yeah, stuff. I know. To you it. know what? And he loves it. That's yeah. the thing about it. He's passionate about it. He's passionate. It's I crazy. told him. I told him the last time we raced there, I said, I thought maybe you were planting corn at the track and maybe your fields were smooth. I said, maybe you got the equipment mixed up, you know, so. But, He's, uh, yeah, you know, such a great team. Yep, they are. And, and Al, you know, who helps them with the track prep. I mean, they just, they do a good job. Pleasant uh, View Farm. What does Chuck think about the uh, American Iron Racing Series? Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Brian did a great job to create that class. Crazy. Uh, you know, they... What are they averaging? I don't know, 20 you know, plus cars? 20 plus cars, and now they got a race coming up. And I noticed on his page that he's asking that uh, we want to try to hit 30 at this show. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought, my gosh, 
it really is a class where you can take those old thrown away modifieds or whatever they may be, you know, throw a vintage body on them, go racing, and yep, yeah, yeah. He he did something special there. I mean, to to be able to pull that together just from an idea of uh, you know his his thing uh, about that class was uh, cheap and have fun. Right. Those were his rules, you know, and uh, I think they've achieved that obviously they by have, the participation Chuck. that they have. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe something like that needs to be done. You know, in the it's almost to that point in the late model class. You know, right. Like we're we're recruiting each other. You know, and that's basically what what Brian's doing. They yeah. have this group, and they all kind of race together. Yeah. Well, that's I kind of hope you know that's what happens in the late model class because. Um, you know, we can't support all the tracks, but man, you know, if we're not racing, I don't want to, nothing against East Moline, you know, they're, yeah. they're doing a great job. It's just not my favorite track. I don't get around the place well. Right. And generally, if you don't run well, you know, you, you don't like to go there, but I'll go there and support it just for the, and hope that I win, uh, you know, just to keep the late model count going, you know, again, going down to Donaldson or Burlington right. with an off night. Uh, I'm all for it, you know, but that's how those airs guys do it. They just all pull together. And they go, do. Yeah. You know, they help one another. Yeah. Uh, here we got uh, Scotty Harris Relk says, Chuck, you can build a mean golf cart too. What's he mean about <laughs> me? What's he mean about that? Uh, I doubt, I guess maybe that's something uh, earlier in the conversation you're asking about something that people may not know about me. Right. Uh, in the winter, sometimes I'll buy golf carts, refurbish them, yeah. and then uh, sell them. And I posted one for sale, and my sponsor, Scott, actually said, hey, he goes, I'm interested in that one. So he bought one, and then uh, he's done some upgrades uh, to it, and yeah. uh, it, it looks really nice. So doesn't uh, matter if it's a club car or whatever. You'll just buy used ones and go through them. Uh, usually mine's a club car. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with those, so, yeah. so I try to stick with them. They have the aluminum frame and all that good stuff. Yeah. But uh, I got a six-seater right now that, uh, that I bought for our family. And uh, it does 35 mile an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, bought a, a battery that will go about 60 miles before you need to recharge it. So oh, geez. I get into those things. Kelly, you yeah. might want I to might, I'm, Yeah, I need one. Need one of those batteries. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, they're hard, sure. to come, they're hard to come by right now. Uh, you know, just the market for everything right now is crazy. I actually didn't buy any of this winter because the prices were so inflated, and by the time you put all the aftermarket parts on them, you couldn't make any money. So uh, took a year off. Okay, uh, we're just about ready to wrap this thing up. Chuck, uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, again, just a couple of sponsors I missed. Uh, I want to thank Brad Dubill at Dubill's. Uh, he's been helping racers for longer than I've been racing. Yeah. And uh, I thank him. Uh, I got the edge in Rapid City. All right. Uh, they, uh, Donnie is the owner of the bar in Rapid City there, and he helps me out. Uh, you know, sometimes it's ice, sometimes it's beer, sometimes it's money. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, through all of those sponsors uh, and people who just, you know, it, brownies coming to the track, you know. Right, I mean? come on. It, it all it all helps. And sometimes people, you know, don't think that, hey, what I'm doing isn't helping. You know, I was giving you crap about Ryan earlier. I, pack, I parked my camper at his building, you know, in the winter, so I don't have to pay for storage. Yeah. You know, that's part of the deal, you know. Uh, you know, just all of them. You know, again, thinking uh, Brent, Chase, my wife Abby, my daughter Olivia. Yeah. Um, you know, my damn dog that runs around like a yeah. She's getting more tame. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I just can't think. 
all those people enough and the people who come to the races that come to watch it makes it fun for us racers because we're, sure we're all egotistical and yeah. want to win you know but uh, you know i would also like to say that you know if you don't have a good night just general advice that i gave myself and i'd like to share with anybody that races you don't have a good night and people are coming down to see you after the races forget about your bad night and they're coming down to see you yeah you know talk to them right. Throw that behind you and go home and cry on your pillow when you get home. Right. You know, but, you might uh, be their Michael Jordan. It, they're coming to see you. Right. You know what I mean? And, and they'll. You're not going to win them all. You yeah. know. And if you wreck your car, you wreck your car. Uh, my son and I have the ten minute rule. We come in and and we get into it sometimes, and we just get tired of each other. And I look at my hand like I, or my wrist like I have a watch on. I'm like ten minutes is up. We're done. But yeah. it's before anybody comes down. Right. You know what I mean? So. You know that's what they're there for they're and also if you can ask somebody to uh bring somebody to the races that's never been to the races so we can continue to grow the crowds uh you know that would be great anybody that wants to get into racing uh a mentorship you know if you have questions find somebody that you trust that you know will help you and uh, lead you down the path to get you going fast and doing the right thing good good well man chuck thanks for being on buddy uh yeah been watching you a lot of years. We've uh, hung around the track together, and uh, you're one of the people I thought. I thought, man, I got to get Chuck on the show and kind of hear your story. And you know, you had always had great looking cars. You always had a smile on your face, and that's one thing that I always appreciate and uh, respect. Kelly, big boss man. You got any uh, words of wisdom in closing? I sure don't. Not today. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, just want to thank everybody for tuning in. You know, we couldn't do it without you guys, and the numbers continue to grow every week. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Uh, share this thing. Just, you know, even after the show goes off the air tonight, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on one of your favorite sites that you, uh, uh, you know, you like going to. And it's uh, without you people, uh, without the interaction, you know, this wouldn't be possible. Make sure to tune into Done Right TV. You can do that on YouTube. You can do it on Facebook. Uh, check out the local races this weekend, wherever uh, your local track may be. And hey, if you can't get to the racetrack, bite on Done Right TV. So that is it for tonight. Tune in next week. We'll be back Monday night. Now, Kelly, I want to ask you about that. That's going to be Memorial Day. We're going to be on the air Memorial Day. It's up to you guys. If you want to be, I'll be here. All right. And I uh, just want to say thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Friday night at Davenport Speedway. God bless each and every one of you great fans that are out there. This is Shane Davis and my old buddy Kelly and Chuck Anna saying uh, we'll be seeing you guys around the track. Good night.